Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Pastor Vance Mansfield, and this is Faith Over Fear. Today, we're going to talk about the mark of the beast. A lot of people are concerned about the mark of the beast and what it is and when it's going to happen. And a lot of these issues have been recently arising. So I have decided to go back and do a uh, kind of a Reader's Digest type teaching on this, uh, kind of a small and condensed teaching. I have taught on this before, and I don't want to get into the full explanation of every aspect of this. I'm going to try to give you a condensed version that is easy to understand uh, especially for a lot of the people that listen that may not know that much about it or that much about the scriptures around it or what it's tied to and things like that. So if I would go into a big profound explanation on this, uh, a lot of the people that are listening right now probably wouldn't understand it to begin with. So I'm going to just give a condensed version uh, Reader's Digest version of this subject, and we will do more parts uh, in later dates. We'll expound on this a little more, and we'll bring this uh, into a deeper understanding. But for right now, I'm going to try to give you just a basic, simple understanding of the mark of the beast. So it's found in Revelation chapter 13. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to read along with us. If not, if you don't have a Bible, you can download one on our website. You can go to PastorVanceMansfield.com, go to the resources page, and you can download a free Bible program. And that Bible program has the Strong's Concordance, the Brown Driver and Briggs Concordance, and it has the Ancient Hebrew uh word concordant or the ancient Hebrew word pictures. Uh, so you can study along in depth with us. So I'm going to start reading and I'm going to read up high. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read the whole section here, but I'm, I'm not really going to expound on the whole section. I want to get to the meat of the subject, which is the mark of the beast. So I'm going to start reading in revelation chapter 13 and verse 11. And I beheld another beast come out of the earth, which had two horns like a lamb. Now, you do have to understand that when you're reading in the book of Revelation, uh, it is all symbols, it's all types, it's all symbolic. Okay, none of this is actually literal. And if you go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, you will, you will read, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. Okay, so this is the making known and the pulling the curtain back and revealing that which was hidden about Jesus. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. And he sent and he signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Okay, so this is not an end-time prophecy book. This is not some cataclysmic wipe the world away uh, prophecy. This is the making known of Jesus Christ. So we've got to keep that in our mind every time we read anything in this book. So when you're reading horns, you're reading about powers. They were always typed to powers. So I 
this beast had two horns like a lamb and we'll get into that eventually i'm not i'm not going to explain that because that would take the whole podcast uh and he spake as a dragon okay and he exerciseth all the powers of the first beast before him and he causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. All right, so he doeth great wonders where he maketh fire come down from heaven. Now, when you're reading that word fire, you are actually reading the same word fire that John used when he said he would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's the same word fire. It's the Greek word pour. Okay. He would make that come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Now, I have explained emphatically that that fire is sent to purify you. It is sent to burn the chaff. It's sent to burn the tares. It's sent to burn out everything that is in you that opposeth God. That fire was not sent to make you speak in tongues. It was not sent to make you do laps around the church. And it was not sent to give you goosebumps. It was sent for a very specific purpose, which is, in actuality, judgment. It's in actuality judgment. And if you want to understand this more, we have uh, quite a few podcasts available talking about judgment and that fire. So I encourage all of you to listen to those podcasts and it will help you understand that. Verse 14, and he deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast and saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by the sword and did live. Okay. Now, I want to explain something to you. A lot of religion, and if you don't know this, I almost hate to tell you, but most of you are aware of this because you do get on YouTube and listen to these people. Most of religion teaches that this is talking about a an antichrist. And you could say that, I guess, to some degree, but... You've got to understand that the word Antichrist is not even written in the book of Revelation. The word Antichrist is written in the first John and second John, and it's only in the entire Bible four times. And every time it's spoken about, it's either saying that it is a spirit or that it is already here and has been here since the beginning. Okay? He said, little children, you have heard that an antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists because it's a spirit at work. And the, and the word antichrist doesn't necessarily mean an opposer of Christ, but rather a replacer of Christ. Okay? So when you're dealing with this beast that was wounded with a sword, you're in actuality dealing with papal Rome. You're dealing with the Catholic Church. And... The sword that it was wounded by 
was the word of God that came through a man named Martin Luther in 1530, in A.D. 1530. And when he went against the Catholic Church, it almost brought down the Catholic Church. There was so much pressure on the Catholic Church that it almost brought down the Catholic Church. And the Pope commissioned a Jesuit priest by the name of Francisco Ribera to take the heat off of the Catholic Church. And that's where all of these things became what is called eschatology, where it was all pushed off into the future. Because Martin Luther actually addressed the Pope. He wrote a letter to the, to the Pope and called him Sir Antichrist. And his accusation was probably not a lie. Because even today, the Pope's will wear on their crown and on their head headpiece the Latin inscription Vicarius Fili Dei, which means Vicar of Christ or Replacer of Christ. See, that's why they worship the Pope. They don't worship God. They don't worship Jesus. They worship the Pope. Okay? So the beast that actually, the, the first beast that rose up out of the sea that uh, was previous in the chapter that we did not read was in actuality the Catholic Church, but we'll, uh, we'll save that one for another day. Okay, and he had power in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now, listen, I, I'm going to make a kind of a bold statement here. And you can do your own research on it. Uh, the image that was made to the beast is actually the sign of the cross. That is the image that was given over to the beast. That's why at every one of their services, they start at their forehead and they go down to their below their natural heart into their diaphragm, which is in actuality the seat of the spirit or the mind of the spirit, that's where the river flows out of your belly, right? And then they cross their chest. They cover the four corners of the earth with the image that was given over to the beast, which is the sign of the cross. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and calls that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now listen, in almost every Protestant church, that image is everywhere. We subconsciously worship the image of the beast. And I'm not saying to do away with what Jesus did on the cross. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply stating that we worship that image. We even hang it around our necks. And he, verse 16, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their forehead. Okay, now we're getting into the mark of the beast. 
that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. But here is wisdom. Let him that has an understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the, the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Now, the big debate about the mark of the beast is this coming RFID chip implantment that everyone is so deathly afraid of, and they're declaring that that is going to be the mark of the beast. Well, I've got news for you. That, that is not the mark of the beast. If you want the mark of the beast to be a literal mark, you have to go back to pagan Rome. You have to go back to the Roman Empire, which was the world government of its day. And the world government of its day had a ruler. And that ruler had his face on their coin. Okay? So, Nero was one of those rulers. And he had his face on the coin. Caesar was one of those rulers. That's why Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. My kingdom is not of this world. Okay? My kingdom is not of this world. Now, this is, when, by the time we get to this, we are still reading about a mark of the beast, but we're reading about a spiritual mark. Because they cannot put a mark in your forehead, your literal forehead, that will cause you to do anything. If they would lay me down, knock me out, and tattoo 666 on my forehead, it would not change anything about me other than my appearance in the flesh. That's it. That's all it would change. But let me, let me show you something. In your forehead is your mind. And behind, in your mind is what your system of belief is. That's where your belief system is housed. Okay, so what does your mind believe? And your hand, on your right hand, the right hand is the symbol of power. It is the symbol, that's why Jesus is seated at the, it said Jesus was seated at the right hand of God, the right hand of majesty, the right hand of power, and the right hand of glory. Okay, it is symbolic to giving over authority or giving over power. That's where you give your hand over or you give over your authority to that image. You give over your authority to that system of that beast. All right, and it's it's not it's not a coincidence that the seal of God is in actuality in the same place. Okay, the seal of God is in your forehead. The mark of the beast is in their forehead. It is what your mind believes. So if you believe in what the beast is preaching, then you have given over to his mark. You have given over your mind over to the belief system of the beast, which is directly controlled by the dragon. And all of these are symbolic. They are just, if you could think of it as uh, like a lieutenant, a general, and a king, okay? The king would be the dragon. That's the one making all the calls. 
And that is the world system of religion, which is also the same spirit as the world system of government. It's the same spirit. It's, it's the collective body of the powers of darkness at work. That's what that is. It's, it's very simple. And those powers, the dragon, is what is in actuality controlling the beast. This is not something that is going to be physically seen as some gruely creature. See, the reason that it was like a lamb is because it presents itself as humility. It presents itself as love. But it is a false image. See, it is not the lamb. See, that's why the Bible said that Jesus was the true lamb. Because he knew that this would present itself as that. And it's not that. So anything that is sitting on its throne telling you that it is the replacement of Jesus is a lie. It cannot replace him because he is not dead. He is alive, and you can't replace something that's alive. See? So the mark of the beast is in actuality what your mind believes over to that system. Now, how do you know that you don't have the mark of the beast? Because you love God. You follow God. That's it. You don't follow man. You don't follow religion. You follow God. You stay in the Bible. You study the Bible. You read the Bible. And stay away from fear. Stay far away from fear. Do not fall into the fear trap that this RFID chip is going to send you to hell. Like I said, if they knocked me out and branded me with 666, it does not change what I believe. It does not change anything. If they put a computer chip in me, it does not change anything. You understand? What changes is your belief, your mind. Do you believe God or do you believe the beast? So stay away from fear. Don't fall into the fear traps of uh, it's the end of the world and the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. Don't, don't fall into all that. All of that rooted out of the 1500s. Prior to that, there was no teaching of any of that stuff. So Stay far away from those ideas. And if you have any questions concerning this, please go to the website, PastorVanceMansfield.com. Go to the Contact Us section of the website and email me, and I will personally respond to your email. If you have any questions or any doubts or anything concerning what we've taught today, please email me. Reach out to me, and we will go more in-depth in this. And I encourage all of you to study this out for yourself and find the truth that God has for you. And until the next time, God bless you.